Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for the weekend Mavs games, the game Saturday night against Indiana, and the game uh, that just finished, I'm recording this Sunday evening, against the Orlando Magic. Uh, they went 1-1 one and one on this, uh, basically a home game and a road game. Well, the home game was against Indiana. Uh, this was a basically a, a good game by the Mavs. They 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 were hitting on all cylinders. They shot forty seven percent from three. Uh, Indiana shot twenty seven percent from three. You know, you shoot that high percentage against any team, you're gonna probably win, and we'll get into that uh, here in a minute. Uh, you know, Luca had thirty rebounds and twelve assists, or thirty points and twelve assists. Sorry, and six rebounds. Um, Maxi had a really good game against Indiana, um, and we'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> he had a really good game against Indiana with 15 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, Bullock could not miss, it seemed like. He was 6 for 8 on his threes, shot 75%, had 23 points. Just an overall really good game. Um, you know, one of the things that people were talking about was their defense wasn't as great. Uh, Indiana did score 105. Now, that's pretty much in line where they are with the season, so not really shocking there. Um, you know, Sabonis is a guy who is probably their best player right now. Um, he had 21. I, this guy, Dwayne Washington, actually scored most of their most points with 22, but you know, Sabonis is a guy, it wouldn't be nice to see the Mavs get. Um, probably not going to happen, but, uh, you know, seeing Sabonis and the way he plays, that it's a player the Mavs could use, and we'll get to that here in a few because it kind of goes into the uh, the next game. Um, but overall, the Indiana game was Rick Carlisle's game back. Uh, you know, like I said, Dallas Dallas just dominated the game. They, I, I think they never trailed. I think at one point it was tied, but they never actually trailed the game. So just a pretty much, you know, domination all the way around. Um, it was good to see him win. Kristaps left the game early with a knee soreness. Um, so he didn't play a ton of minutes. Uh, he didn't travel with the team to Orlando. I think their thought was they were just going to go in and beat Orlando. You know, their next game's against Oklahoma City. At home, I think they have a... Uh, I think they have a six-game homestand coming up, as I recall. Because I think they play um, Oklahoma City and Philadelphia this week. And then they have a, you know, a couple good games you know, against good teams. I know they play the Clippers twice next week, but uh, we'll get into that later. Um, but as far as this Orlando game... Uh, you know, it just ended a uh, very disappointing game. You know, what's funny is they shot 42% from three. Uh, all those makes, it seemed like, came in the first half. Uh, you know, the second half came around, and they just, they could not... Like they didn't. I don't think they even scored in the last five minutes. I think that's what it was. It was five minutes and some change. They didn't score a field goal. They may have got a free throw or two, but they didn't get a field goal. Uh, you know, highlighted with Maxi 
getting the ball taken from them, not paying attention. You've always got to pay attention. There's always someone behind you trying to get the ball. You know, big kind of error there. But all the way around, you know, watching this game, it it kind of shows like Dallas struggles against teams, against players who are sort of bullying, like bullies in the paint. Uh, Mo Wagner bullied them in the paint. Even Wendell Carter Jr. did a good job sort of bullying them in the paint. Um, Franz Wagner, he's a guy who's he's he's kind of a wing, but he does get a lot of paint points. He only took th- two three-pointers. He, he was 9 for 15 overall. So he does take a lot of paint shots. Uh, you know, that Okiki, he had 19 points, led them in scoring. They had seven players in double figures. Dallas, on the other hand, you know, their three-point percentages don't look terrible. Maxi, Maxi was one of the guys that really had a bad game this time. He only scored six. He was two for seven on his three-pointers. He ended up taking pretty, not technically not the last shot. I, I believe they ended up getting the offensive rebound, and Bullock did get a shot off that he missed. But uh, Maxi took the last shot. It would have been a two. Actually, it was a two-pointer. He had his foot on the line. And he missed it. Uh, you know, it was the only two he took all game. But he just, he really struggled. Him and Powell. Powell Powell was really bad this game. Uh, Powell got in some tra- foul trouble. He, well, it says he was in, they said he was in foul trouble. But he only finished the game with three. So I'm not 100% sure how he was in foul trouble. But. That's what the commentators were saying. I wasn't looking at the uh, box score during the game, but you know, uh, you know when I when I watch these games, it sort of shows me that the the Mavericks they struggle with players who are bullies in the paint. You know, it was like that way with uh, Montrez Harrell when they play the Clippers. Just Montrez Harrell had his way. In the paint, Zubots has his way in the paint because they're these guys are bullies in the paint. And when Dallas plays a team that has a guy who will bully them in the paint, they really struggle to defend that. They they can't do it. What's funny is they out rebounded them, and you know their three point percentage was ten points higher. Now their two point percentage was. Or not two point. Their overall field goal percentage was three points lower. Um, the Orlando Magic took three more shots, but Dallas Dallas turned the ball over eighteen times. You just you're not going to turn the ball over that many times and win. Luca himself had six of those. Uh, you know I know he had a triple double. He actually shot the three point well. He was four for nine. But this is one of those games that's tough to swallow. Um, you have to beat Orlando. You just have to beat Orlando. You're fighting for position against a team like Denver, who passed them in the standings because of that loss, by the way. Dallas would have had held their ground. Passed them in the standings. Now Dallas is sixth. Now, being sixth place probably wouldn't be so bad because they face Memphis in the first round. 
And Dallas has sort of played Memphis well. I don't know where Dallas will end up. I do believe it'll be fifth or sixth. But uh, I don't think they're getting any higher than fifth or sixth. Uh, I know Utah's playing some really bad basketball right now. And I think Utah has some injuries right now as well. So I don't know. Utah could fall. And you never know. I kind of, you know, last pod, I made the comment that I think they're competing for the third best team in the West. And I, I think that's what it is. You know, to me, Memphis, Utah, Denver, and Dallas are in a, in a group of their own. Those four teams will be fighting for spots. Now, Memphis is, you know, they got a little bit of a lead on all of them. Uh, with only 17 losses, but uh, you you never know. All it takes is like a two-game losing streak or something like that. And, you know, you you go uh, you go on a 10-game stretch where you're like five and five, and so, you know another team like Dallas is eight and two or whatever. But you know, I still think they're I still think they're in the class with even though they're obviously the the uh, you know, the even though they're ahead, I, I don't think they're that much better than Utah or Denver or Dallas. I, I think they're equal. I, I know a lot of people might rank them higher, and that's fine if you want to rank them higher, but I, I don't think it's like... I don't. To me, the difference between Memphis and Dallas is nothing. I, I think if you played 10 games, Dallas would win at least five, you know? I think the same way with Utah and Denver. Um, so... To me, those four teams are in a group, and Phoenix and U- and Phoenix and Golden State are in a group of their own. And then the next teams, uh, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, are pretty much fighting for position. Um, I-, I guess the difference is you host two home games in the play-in. For instance, the Clippers, you know, if the season were to say end today, the Clippers would host the Timberwolves, and then they would host the winner of the Lakers and Portland game. So that's the biggest advantage is... um, Actually, I take that back. I think that Clippers would play... um, Clippers would play Portland. Sorry. Clippers would play Portland, and then Minnesota would get the home game against the Lakers. And then the winner would play the Clippers in L.A. as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Clippers uh, Clippers are probably going to go the rest of the season without Kawhi or Paul George. It's another wasted season for the Clippers, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, they put all their chips in the basket of these two players. And I know... You know, the, the the saying goes, if you got two of the best, you know, 15 best players in the league, you have a chance. But the Clippers can't seem to get them on the field. You know, Minnesota, they're just, they're a young team. They're really good. They're, you know, I think they'll be better next year. They'll only be, you know, they'll only be better next year. They probably need to make some roster adjustments. The Lakers are the team that are interesting. The Lakers have... Um, 
some injuries to LeBron, and Davis has sat out some games. Now, Davis had come back. You know, Davis came back. He sat out a game. He came back again. LeBron's sitting out now with some injuries, and LeBron is pretty much what makes that team go. Uh, you know, I don't care if Davis and Westbrook are in there. It's, you know, LeBron that makes the team go. They lost today to Atlanta. They got... Yeah, pretty. They got beat. They didn't. It wasn't like a blowout or anything. They but they did get beat um, by eight. Uh, Atlanta's moved to win within one game of five hundred. Um, Atlanta's actually kind of on a roll. Uh, Denver did win tonight. They beat Milwaukee, who's sort of just playing around. They can't figure out. Uh, you can't figure out Miami. Uh, you know, I'm watching, looking at these scores. You know, right now San Antonio is beating Phoenix 91-79, but there's still an entire quarter left. So Timberwolves are beating the Jazz 75-60. to So, you know, this this game against Orlando would have been beneficial for Dallas because Utah, like I said, has been in a really bad stretch. Utah is a team that could make a move. Um, some people believe Utah might um, – move some players but uh you know i i was thinking Drog Drogic was a guy dallas could pick up that could help their team but now you know you're hearing he's in trade rumors um i, I don't know what toronto toronto at some point is just gonna have to accept anything you know when you have a player like that it's kind of goes to my kind of my argument for ben simmons you know when you have a guy that's not playing on your team you move them, and whatever you bring back, if you're bringing back a, a, a rotation guy, you're only getting better. You know, a team like Toronto needs depth. Toronto has no depth. Toronto's starting five is pretty good. They're a pretty darn good starting five team, but their depth is nothing. They could really use Dragic right now. I'm not 100% sure what happened with that whole relationship, why it went south or whatever, but... Uh, Drogic could be traded. Uh, you know, his contract is right there to kind of help meet, you know, the qualifications to, you know, trade within a certain dollar amount. You know, there would be rules about trading. But I, I don't If he doesn't get traded by the deadline, um, I figured he'd have been bought out by now, but I, I guess they're just going to wait till the trade deadline. And if he's not traded at the trade deadline, which would be a dumb move by Toronto, again, if somebody's willing to take him for a trade, then they really need to move, uh, you know, they really need to make that deal. Um, if he's not traded by then, he will um, he will be um, partly bought out because you can't just hold on to a guy like that. Um, as far as, you know... Some of the trade rumors go. I, I, I'm really, you know, I look at a team like San Antonio or San Sacramento, who's been in the rumor mill for a while, and when they were when they were rumored to making moves, when they had, you know, when they were in the news about you know trading this player, that player, whatever, they were around the tenth spot. Well, they since lost. They've lost six in a row. They're two and eight in their last ten. They are really bad. They should really think about making a move. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp where I, I think they should trade Deer and Fox. I, I know they think Fox is the future of the team, and a lot of people are higher on Fox than maybe me, but I, I just don't... I, I think Fox is a player who, you know, they say good stats, bad team guy. Um, you know, he, he's going to put up some scoring and stuff, but it just doesn't translate to wins. you you got to win basketball games. So... Um, you know, Anthony Edwards, to me, is a guy who puts up stats and they're starting to win basketball games. He's still a young player, obviously. But Fox has been in this league long enough. He's been in the league longer than Luka. And he still can't even get this team to a playoff, like a 10th seat to be in the playoffs, uh, the, you know, the play-in tournament. They're just, they're not, they're not a good team. So why did why are they holding these guys together? I, I don't understand. They, they should... They should be doing wholesale changes. But that's Sacramento. That's not shocking. Um, as far as, you know, other, like Lakers still trying to trade Westbrook. I don't think, I don't know. If Westbrook and Wall get traded for each other, I don't know why Houston would do that. I think Houston could get something of value for Wall. Honestly, I, I, I think Houston should hold on to him. I think they should play him. I, I don't know. To me, I don't know the difference between Wall and Westbrook's contract. The only thing I can think of is Wall has an extra year that Westbrook doesn't have. I don't know. It's like, just play John Wall. Let him get on the court and play. What does it matter? The only thing I can think of is they're worried about he might help them win. But, you know, they're... Funny enough... Orlando's the worst team in the league. I, you know, I thought they, I thought they were the second worst team in the league. Orlando's actually the worst team in the league, which makes that Dallas loss even that much worse. But, uh, you know, Houston is getting what they need. They, they need to be in the lottery, top team. Uh, you know, Brooklyn is two and a half games back from the first spot in the East. They're the sixth spot right now. Milwaukee's the fifth spot. Cleveland, Philly, and Chicago, Miami in front of them. They're, you know, they all, like, Brooklyn's lost four in a row. They really, they're, they've got injuries. They they just can't stay healthy. And they've got in, inconsistent play with inconsistent players. You know, just Kyrie's playing one game and not playing the next. You know, it would probably, it would probably be better right now at this point for Brooklyn to finish in that sixth spot. They need to hold on to that number six spot. Because when the playoffs roll around, if they're on the road for four games, then they get Kyrie for those four games. And if they can steal a game at home and play better on the road in every series, then that's what you do. You you don't want the home court advantage so you can have Kyrie in a game seven. So, you know, Atlanta finally found their way to the number 10 spot in the East. You know, Boston and Toronto. Or Boston's got pretty close to the same record. You know, Toronto and Charlotte are a little in front. But those top six are still sitting there strong. Um, Washington's on a free fall. I don't know if they'll make any moves. The New York Knicks, 
are just a bad basketball team. They've lost three in a row. The Wizards have lost five in a row. The Hawks have won seven in a row. That's kind of how they, you know, the Hawks winning seven in a row and the Wizards losing five in a row really sort of made that difference. The, the Knicks weren't ever doing anything. The Knicks are a bad basketball team. The Knicks, the Knicks should be the team that's looking to make trades. Um, you know, and I, I've talked about it in another episode. I, I, I do think it would make sense for... Um, I do think Dallas should trade Brunson. I, I know it's not a popular opinion, and I, I do like Brunson. I, I think Brunson's a really good player, but the way I see it is you either trade him now, you know, while his value's high, you see if you can put Hardaway's contract in there with it to get him off your books as well. And you can bring back a, a quality player. You could probably get um, you know, you could probably work a three-way deal with the Knicks where, you know, Atlanta gets someone like, um, I, I don't even know who we'd send out. I, I don't even know if the trade would be. I don't even know if the Hawks would even participate in something like that because you'd pretty much have to send Hardaway back to the Hawks. But, you know, the Hawks winning seven in a row, my guess is, is they don't make a move. You know, John Collins wasn't happy when they were losing my guess is he's probably happier now that they're winning, so that tends to be the case. Um, you know, the Hawks could very easily, you know, they're only five games out of that number six spot. Five games is nothing, especially when Brooklyn's lost four and they've won seven. So, you know, you put together another ten-game stretch where you're, say, seven and three or eight and two, and Brooklyn's putting together a stretch where they're four and six or even five and five, you know, you're going to start catching people, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see. New York's to me is the team that needs to make the move. If New York wants Brunson, I you know, I make them take Hardaway, and I, I don't know what Dallas would get back. I don't know if Randall's moving the needle for people. I think Randall could help this team. You know, Randall's struggling being the main guy in New York, and that's why he looks so bad. But I I think if he's your third best player. Or even your second to third best, even even if he plays better than Porzingis or you know whatever. If he's your second or third best player, he's a really good player because you don't have to rely on Randall game in and game out. But one thing Randall can give you is he can give you that opportunity to cancel out that bully in the paint because Randall is that bully in the paint. Dallas, that's why Dallas lost to New York. You know, New Randall's had bad a bad year, but. He always has the opportunity to bully Dallas in the paint. And, you know, Montrez Harrell's a guy that's available. Now, I don't know what Dallas would give up, but I would take Montrez Harrell on this team. I, I, I know Powell has had his moments where he's sort of played a lot better for stretch. But, you know, you look at a game like tonight, and it just shows his flaw that he's just not a good defender. He just can't defend. You know, and relying on Maxi to be your center to defend night in and night out, it's it's just it's tough. Now I know Harold's not that great of a defender. I, I know he, some people believe he's even a defensive liability, but you know what? He can rebound. And that's something that the Mavericks can't do. You know, Luca is still their best rebounder. And I, I you know, as great as that makes Luca sound, I I just don't think your point guard can be your best rebounder. 
I, I think you need to have a big to be your best rebounder. And that it kind of goes to one of the, you know, I know Porzingis didn't play, and my guess is, is if it was a playoff game, Porzingis would have played. But the simple fact that it was a second night to a back-to-back, and it's Orlando, who's the worst team in the league, I think they thought it was okay and they could win the game. Heck, I thought they could win the game, but the way they played, they, they needed Porzingis. They do, because Porzingis can get a basket, you know. Porzingis has been really good this year, so, you know, they they play Oklahoma City next, and it's hopefully, hopefully they can beat Oklahoma City, so it, it, it'd be nice to see, but other than that, you know, it's it, it's been kind of a non-news week. Or at least a week, I should say. You know, there's a lot of trade rumors. There's a lot of articles about trades that people should do, and those are the ones that annoy me the most. There, there's a particular person on on Twitter that I see. You know, because I I get that's basically where I get my news. You know, is from the Twitter. And one of the things I see is a guy who writes for a particular uh, magazine or an online magazine. 99% of his articles are these trades should be pursued by Dallas. And it's like, come on, we know. Dallas should be trading everybody not named Luka. And I honestly, at this point, I don't know if I would trade Porzingis because I don't think other teams value Porzingis like the Mavs do. And so I don't think your return on Porzingis would be any good. Because, I, you know, like I said, I don't think Philly's looking to trade Ben Simmons for Porzingis and I don't think I would do that trade anyways but that's probably the best player you're getting for a Porzingis trade and I I just don't think that's worth it at this point you know when Porzingis was struggling yeah I might have been willing to deal him but he's playing his best basketball right now as a Maverick and I, I just don't think it's worth trading him as far as you know Brunson's concerned Brunson's playing really good basketball, but I think Brunson can be replaced more than Porzingis can be replaced because Porzingis does give you that rim protection that Dallas really missed tonight. You know, you see the difference when Porzingis is out, and then, of course, Brunson's played every game. That's the one advantage to having Brunson is he's always there. You know, Brunson plays every game, so we really don't know how this team plays without him. So, you know, that's kind of one of the advantages you get with Brunson, but... I would rather have Porzingis if I had to choose. And I, I think this offseason, the Mavs are going to have to choose. I know they think they can keep Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith. And they actually can keep those players. They just have to pay the luxury tax. But I don't think Dallas wants to play the, pay the luxury tax for a team that's not going to be able to compete for a championship. And I just don't think this roster can compete for a championship. Even if by some miracle, you know, there was an upset in the first round where, you know, maybe let's just pretend the Clippers end up with the eighth spot and Kawhi and uh, Paul George make it back. And they upset Phoenix in the first round. And Dallas ends up, you know, beating Memphis in the first round. And then they end up playing Golden State, and Golden State has an injury in Dallas. You know, even as Dallas, by some miracle, makes it to the finals, which I just don't think will happen. 
I just don't think they're better than the top six teams in the East. I think the top six teams in the East beat them in the finals in a seven-game series. Um, Cleveland would probably be the easiest one, maybe, because of just lack of experience. But Cleveland, to me, has more talent than Dallas. You know, Brooklyn might be a good matchup, but if they're going to be completely healthy, then I I don't like Dallas' chances against them. So I, I don't think Dallas has beaten Miami, Chicago, Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Phoenix, or Golden State. I just don't think they're beating those teams in a seven-game series. So I I don't think I don't think Cuban and I I say I don't think I hope Cuban doesn't sort of just go into this luxury tax to pay for a team that's not going to do any better than you know ninth in the league. So. That's kind of where I'm at at this moment. Um, like I said, I, I, I like Brunson. I think Brunson's been great. But I think if this team's going to get better or be better, I think you have to use him to make a move to improve your roster. Uh, you know, Indiana, maybe, I don't know if Indiana would like to have Brunson. Uh, you know, maybe Brunson can be used as a trade piece to bring back Sabonis. I, I don't think, you know, I, I'm sure Tim Hardaway would love to play for Carlisle because, you know, he had his best best seasons under Carlisle. So I, I just I just don't know if that's something that. Uh, Indiana wants to do because, you know, they'd have to take on, in order for that trade to happen, you know, you would have to take, or probably have to take, you know, Tim Hardaway's contract in return. You could, you know, with Brunson, because Brunson only makes $1.8 million in salary, and Sabonis is at 19 so if you stuck Hardaway in that deal at 21 you basically you you've got Sabonis coming back at 19 and Hardaway and Brunson going out at 23 and it works because it's within that percentage that you have to be and you can still pay Dorian Finney-Smith in the offseason probably without going over the cap you know, you they maybe they make another move, or small move or whatever to get under the cap. You know, get rid of a, a Trey Burke. Or, you know, they're gonna have to have a rookie on the team. They're gonna have to do something about that. You know, create a spot for a rookie. But like I said, I I think if if a team like Indiana, you know, because somebody said that they're gonna offer Brunson more than twenty in the offseason. If that's the case, you don't want to pay Brunson that much money. I, I just don't. I, they say there's a secret team out there. I don't know who that secret team is. I don't know what the secret team even means. But it, if Dallas was, you know, if Dallas, I guess Dallas would have to include a pick as well to get some bonus. Maybe if they included a first-round pick. And maybe if Dallas took a, um, you know, a guy back in return that's... You know, I don't even know, like a even an Aaron Holiday, which 
you know, I, you know, maybe you could, if you wanted to add Jeremy Lamb and Dwight Powell, you you could, you could still do that, and you know, if if Indiana's looking to get off money, you know, because Dwight Powell only has two years left, but I guess Jeremy Lamb only has one year, so that doesn't really make sense for Indiana. So, I I just it's it'll be interesting. To see if I guess uh, not Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday. If Dallas wanted Justin Holiday, who has been in rumors, that trade would still work. But Dallas, you know, maybe <laughs> I don't even know how Dallas would make it work. But you know, it's it's one of those things where I I just think Dallas needs to make a move and. To me, if you wanted to, I, I tell you what, if you were worried about paying Dorian Finney-Smith, you could put Dorian Finney-Smith in that trade and get Aaron Holiday in return. Or Justin Holiday in return. And Justin Holiday can replace Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, probably better shooter, I don't know. I don't know a ton about Justin Holiday, but he is. I think he is a good defender. But what you get with Sabonis is going to outweigh what you lose with the other guys. So that that's the only thing I can think of. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith is expired at the end of this year. You know, Brunson expires, and of course Tim has four years left. But I, you know, trying to do these trades and trying to make sense of them at the same time that. You know how you know how are these other teams going to? How aggressive are they going to be? You know, a team like Indiana's got a big salary. Uh, you know, for their team, and they have no wins to show for it. So, teams like that are usually um, teams like that are usually looking to get rid. And Joe Ingles. You know, just had a non-contact injury that looks sort of like a uh, torn ACL. So Joe Ingles is probably um, probably out for the year. I just saw the replay and it looks awful. So you know, I I just I want to see Dallas make a move. I don't know what that move is. I I, I don't have confidence they'll make a move. I, my guess is they'll wait to the offseason. They're just going to roll with the team. And Phoenix did come back. They're only down one with three minutes left. But uh, Timberwolves have gone up really big on Utah. So Utah's probably going to get that loss. Now, I don't want to speak too soon. But, I mean, they're up 19 with eight minutes left. So, um, And Utah's without you know Ingles and Mitchell now, I think. I, I think Mitchell's going to be out for, you know, un you know, unknown amount of time, along with Rudy Gobert. Actually, Rudy Gobert's not playing either, so they're sort of, and Hassan Whiteside is just, I don't know. A lot of people like the idea of getting Whiteside, but once they get him on their team, they hate the idea. So, uh, anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I'll do my next pod. I guess the Mavs game is uh, Wednesday, I believe. Gives them two days rest. You know, if you can give... Porzingis two days rest. If you can beat the Thunder without him, hopefully they can. Because I think Gilgis Alexander's out. Hopefully Dallas could beat him without um, Porzingis. Then you can wait till Friday 
to bring Porzingis back against Philly where you will need him. So hopefully that's something that happens. Hopefully his soreness goes away. And hopefully it all works out. But uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Um, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. And if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts, I'd appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you later.